0: They even throw in registration and twelve months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only.
1: The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre, hosted by Rob McLean, John Hartson, and Stephen Cregan. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's
2: go. go, go. It's international week and we're limbering up to Scotland against Israel at Full House Hamden on Saturday plenty of time for that but the dust has barely settled on the Premiership weekend so we'll be looking back on that of course a big win for Celtic at Petaudry on Sunday John Hartson they're still a a bit off the pace um, but how would it have felt for Ange Postacoglu and Celtic had they gone another game without a win in the league it would have been three out of eight so that was a big goal from Jota wasn't it? Big goal, massive three points,
3: I I think if you look at the the situation, Celtic first away win in the league so far this season, um, with a two week break as well, the players going off, playing international level, and I just think it was all about getting the three points on the day, I really do, I thought Celtic ambled to it in the end, they took the lead early on, Aberdeen equalised, but it was a wonderful worked goal, Uh, the passing from Rogic and then the and then obviously Jota getting you know getting you know in front of the in front of this man to score the goal and it was all about getting the three points, it really was.
2: Yeah, it was a, a big reaction to that Jota goal and a massive response as well, just two or three hours later at Ibrox when Alfredo Morel is headed in the winner for Rangers, uh, who had been a goal down to Hibs. Um, but lots of talk, uh, and it just won't go away really, about that red card for Ryan Porteous. Hibbs are appealing against it. And at the moment, it's one of those ones, Crags, everybody has a view.
4: Well they do, and that's that's the you know the beauty of football, Rob. Everyone has a has has a different opinion on it. Just because someone's opinion differs to yours or mine, it doesn't mean they say we're right or wrong. That that's what it's all about. Ultimately the referee has decided it's a red card. It will go to appeal, and I would be amazed if it's overturned based on the wording within the law with regard serious foul play. There's so many boxes the referees can tick. They just have to tick one out of four or five boxes. And I think that ticks probably the majority of the boxes. So I'd be surprised if it's overturned, but I'm sure time will tell.
2: We're talking football uh, between now and seven, as we generally do. And uh, happy for you to get involved in it as well. If you want to talk football with us, 0808 17 17 700. Uh, text go on your message to 87474 on the socials at Go Football Show, a weekend uh, when Rangers came back uh, from a goal down to beat Hibs and Celtic managed to get a late winner against Aberdeen at Spitaudry, that Jota goal, and uh, it was a massive three points for Celtic. What about that, uh, what do you think, John, about that, the red card for Ryan Porteous. Obviously, it was a game changer. Uh, Hibbs mm-hmm. were 1-0 up at the time at Ibrox.
3: Yes, it's it's killed Hibbs really. I think when you when you go to Wybrox or Celtic Park and you take the lead, the last thing you want is to go down to ten men. You know you want to be solid. You want to defend strongly. Um, if you can get a second grade, but scoring at you know at, at one of them stadiums and taking the lead is huge. You know they've been really um, delighted with the start. Of course, you know. Uh, so for me, uh, it's very difficult to, to defend Porteous. Uh, I think he's high. It's a little bit reckless. All right, on another day, maybe he might have got away with the yellow. The ref's gone. <laughs> There's too much going against him to, to to give him a yellow. So he's gone with a red. But there was another one in the game as well. Uh, Lundstrom on on Lundstrom on Deug. Well, Lundstrom's actually left. He's left the, the ground. He's gone in with two feet. Um, he's probably got a bit more of the ball, but are you allowed to leave the ground to tackle? So, you know, they're, they're talking points. that they're, 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 they're both, you can debate both. It's very difficult to defend um, Porteous because I thought he was a little bit reckless and probably the right decision. But on another day, the, refs get, the ref gives a yellow, and on another day, he gives a red to Lundstrom for his tackle on Doig. So you could argue all day, it's, it's whatever decision the referee decides to, to call it. We can talk about
2: the rules of the game and the laws, but, you know, it's so inconsistent. It might be difficult to defend uh, Ryan Porteous, but Ibs are doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're appealing against the red card. And this was Jack Ross post match uh, talking about his defender, Ryan Porteous, and that tackle.
4: Yeah, Ryan's undoubtedly got some little bits of his game to keep improving upon and he knows that and we've worked hard at it and I think his progress over the last year and a half since I've been here has been brilliant. He is, in my opinion, good a young centre-half as any in the country. I think he's a brilliant player. But what he does have is an aggression and physicality about his game. Now, you need that to be a centre-back, he certainly did when I played. I don't think it's changed, however, I think the way in which the game is officiated has changed um, and he has to understand that and deal with it. So, I'll speak with him over the course of the week he will be criticised undoubtedly from some people but what I would hope won't happen but probably will will he be vilified by some but he's a young Scottish centre half who's played over 100 games for his club at this time and who is a terrific young player has he got flaws in his game? of course he has but he's a young man so um, he's got my absolute support I'll keep working to make him better keep working to make sure when that situation arises that he makes a better decision
2: It's your position Craggs it's the position you used to play at centre back Uh, does he have to keep on learning Ryan Porteous?
4: Uh, you know, without pulling Jack up, I don't think the officiating's changed. I think the laws of the game have changed. Mm. You know, the referees are just applying the laws of the game. Sure. You know, that's how they have to see it. And, and that's as they're calling it. So, um, and I think it's great that Jack is supporting him because, you know, what you say publicly, your players listen to. Now, whether Jack said that privately to him, I don't know. But certainly, I, I quite like the support he's given publicly, speaking about his game and how it has to improve. I just don't think it's an area of the pitch where he needs to make that tackle. I think a more experienced defender will think, well, let's let let Arriba take a touch and then try and win the next ball as opposed to thinking I'm taking him out because you have to take into consideration 30 minutes into the game, leading by a single goal, team playing well, Rangers fans starting to get a little bit unsettled, Hibs are in a really strong position. So that's when as as a team and as an individual, you've got to think no individual errors. Don't give this team any kind of hope or a glimmer of hope or don't give the referee a decision to make by making a challenge around the box be calm, be composed. And I think that's where he's lost it a little bit. That's the his inner youth coming out. And that's how he's defended as a kid. There's the ball. I'm going right through. I'm going to play the ball. I'm going to make a really big, aggressive clearance. And people will talk about me. And he's got it wrong. You know, when you see where the ball is, his foot is over the top of the ball. So once you go over the top of the ball, whether you mean to or whether you don't, whether it's intentional, I don't know if it was intentional or not, because it was only him that can answer that question if it was intentional or not. But once you go above the ball, Rob, you're in serious danger. You have a chance of seriously injuring an opponent which is endangering an opponent, which is in the the wording of the law of the game. So that's why he's got a red card. So he is going to have to sharpen up on that. Those tackles will eventually be outlawed. There's no such thing as lunging in. I think once you lunge, you're out of control because you have no idea where your foot or where your leg's going to go. So that's why I think it's a red card. But I agree with Jack on a lot of things. He's a good young Scottish centre-half. Last season, he had seven yellow cards which is good for a young defender of, for a young defender who wants to be yeah, aggressive. Yeah, that surprises me just yeah, because of the, exactly. way he,
2: the way he plays. It,
4: it, it's, it's a very good record for a young, aggressive central defender. Mm. So now he just has to calm himself down and, and just re- look at his game again. And if that tackle comes again, he's got to deal with it differently.
2: And there's no point in saying 10 years ago that would have been a good tackle because <laughs> we're dealing with the here and now. We're dealing with the rules the way they are. And when you think about the, the good defenders that you watch uh, in football around the world, John... Um, you know, they, they wait their moment, they're patient, mm. they're, they concentrate, like, like they're, they're like,
3: clever. Like the Ramos's. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's 25
2: what... said it off so have <laughs> yeah. I
3: forgot what I said there did you a yeah. off. Well, he's, <laughs> he's
4: different <Yeah. laughs> he's different Virgil van Dijk would make that tackle John you would never ever see Virgil van Dijk make an attack like that in the Premier League no he's one of the best in the world no, he, uh, he, no, doesn't
3: but, no, that. he doesn't tackle no, he just jockeys he just he mis- jockeys yeah, there you he, just go. Go. he gets low that's what you yeah, have to do yeah.
2: but that, that's my point you know is actually being a good defender he will learn from
3: it you know we will learn from that he will learn from the defeat that Hibbs I've had to suffer I've been going ahead through Kevin Nisbet Um, you know and I just think as well some of the officiating sometimes you know and uh, some some are given some aren't you know it's Mm -hmm. it's very very inconsistent sometimes you know and um, on another day the ref maybe decides to give a yellow and then and then you get the Staff the outcries from Rangers yeah, then ab- rather absolutely. than him. Absolutely. And all yeah. of a sudden now we, the, the Lundstrom challenge hasn't hardly been spoken about. And as I said, he's, he's he's two feet, he's up in the air, he's off the ground. And and that hasn't got a mention. So um you know it's 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 difficult really sometimes because it is so you know inconsistent with the referees. You know, you look at off sides you have got goals that are given and they clearly are not goals and things like this we are just talking about like a one-off incident mm. you know Porteous getting a red card and yes he probably did, did did deserve the red card for the challenge it was it was reckless he was out of control um but Hibbs don't see it that way Michael Stewart a good friend of ours didn't didn't think it was a red card no. and and some people will and some people won't but it's just that the inconsistency from the ref, referees as well there's if you're going to talk about this incident, we could go on to talk about another. Yeah. 30, this already happened this season
2: Yeah, and the thing was it, it wasn't as if it was in and around a penalty box no. and it was a goal stopping tackle it was on the halfway line virtually so yeah. so it was one he didn't have to make and the costs are massive aren't they we'll never know what that where that go- game would have gone yeah. from, had he stayed on the pitch had Hibs had 11 because they were 1-0 up in the game at the time Rangers have hardly been firing on all mm. cylinders so it would probably been difficult for them to get anything from the game potentially, rather, you know, far less mm. win it.
4: Well, that's, you suddenly then hand them the initiative because you're down to 10 men. Jack then has to take one of his most influential attacking players off the pitch and Scott Allen. He's got to rejig his shape. They're going to have to soak up pressure and trample in the counter-attack. So the mindset suddenly changes. Rangers get a lift and then they're moving forward. So that's what I mean as a young defender. You've got to make calculated decisions. You've got to think area of the pitch, first of all. If I win the ball or don't win the ball, what's the consequences? You know, so rather than going that and, and putting yourself in that position. Now he had a horrible tackle a few years ago, hadn't he, against Borna Barasic, I think it was at Easter Road. And since then he's learned an awful lot. He, he looks as if he's calmed a little bit. But he probably has a little moment in him every now and again where he, he thinks, you know, that his instinct kicks in of, I want to be aggressive defender. I want to go and make this tackle with a bit of aggression. He can't, he's gonna to have to now suddenly come away again, look at it again, assess the situation. Jack will watch him in training, he'll watch him in games. There's gotta be moments now, there has to be a distinct change. Of Ram Portis ruling those kind of tackles out of his game, Rob, because they're not allowed. Eventually, tackling will go out of the. So, tackling will go out of the game. It will be about nicking things, you know, and using your body and, and putting yourself in good positions, mm. as opposed to actually lunging. Those kind of tackles, you're right, are normally based around the 18-yard box. When you think you're caught the wrong side of a forward, he's in to score a goal. You've made a mistake. That's normally what happens when you make a mistake. You lunge trying to trying to recover the situation. But that was an area of the pitch where he didn't really need to go in and do that. And suddenly, he's put his team in the back foot and took them from a really strong position to a difficult position.
2: Yeah, when you're on half halfway line, plenty of time to recover uh, from that sort of situation. Stephen Cragan, John Hartson, Rob McLean, and we've got Sean on the line as well. Hi, Sean.
5: Hi there, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, well, Hi, thanks. How are you? Hi, good stuff. Uh, I just wanted to see Rob, did you hear the um, interview with Jim White today in Charles Green?
2: I heard a bit of it, yeah.
5: Um, it's just to see what you think of Because um, what he was saying He could have brought Gerard as a player I believe in 2013 And he have got to build a hospital Like for today with cancer And uh, um, at Ibrox is what would be One of the first places he would do it And basically saying he took no one out of Rangers, And it's just to see what the guys think I actually think Charlie Green Sometimes had done alright But um, it was just sometimes when he used to say name across the road and all that. He wanted to kind of fight with people, but I still felt Charles Green over the likes
3: of uh, Craig White 100%. I, I listened to the interview as well, Sean, today. What, what, yep. what did you think about when Charles Green said he went out for a bit of lunch and he bumped into Steve Gerrard's wife and he just handed her over a business card. He said, get get your husband to give me a shout. I'd like to sign him. Is, is that the way to do business? Is it, Would he not... Would he not be better off going through the club and going through the agent? And What did
2: you think of that? What did you make of that?
5: Um, to be honest, um, John, you're 100% right. you probably probably go down the, the right route, the right path and uh, speak to uh, the club. Mm. And it's probably a wee bit tongue in cheek um, walking up to somebody's wife and it basically putting a card in. So I, I they agree, but Mm. They were in a night nice out and she was there, so I don't know. It's a hard one to make,
4: sure, but <laughs> it just seems weird. It seems to me, Sean, like he's trying to stay relevant. That's what it seems. I mean, I don't think any Rangers fan or most Rangers fans in the club can really care about Charles Green. You yeah. speak to some people who were there, I'm sure if you speak to Ali McCoy, he'll have a completely different opinion on it. So, you know, a lot of these people uh, ha- have moved on, Rangers have moved on, yet Charles Green keeps popping up every now and again with these random statements. I don't know if he's telling the truth or whether he's telling lies you can only go by what he says you, you can make your own judgement you know you can decide yourself whether you think he's um, you know telling the truth or, or he's making things up but certainly I think he's trying to stay in the news it's no coincidence that when Rangers have won the league and they get that little bit of publicity again that suddenly he wants to come back and say oh I've played a part you know I've helped him do this I mean, where was he three years ago when they were, were losing away from home to games and they were struggling in the league and they were you know stuck in the championship for a couple of years he wasn't putting his head above the parapet then so I, I I would imagine you take a lot of the stuff that George Green says with a pinch of salt.
2: Back in the here and now, think, Sean, what about the weekend? I mean, there was big celebrations on the back of uh, that win against Hibbs uh, on Sunday. Uh, did you understand that reaction um, coming back from a goal down and going into the international break uh, with another another win?
5: Yeah, I, I, did, I did, but it's like one thing. And when Gerard done that at Celtic part, I thought it was a little bit overboard, but. To be honest, I think it's just excitement to still be tapped the league, really, but there's one thing we still need to sort this defence um every most games New Rangers are playing they're conceding at least one goal, there's actually only two games Rangers have keep conceded a goal, and it's actually been um, John McLaughlin's actually been in goals, I'm not saying John McLaughlin's a better goalkeeper, because I'm a big Gerrard, eh, no Gerald. Alan uh, McGregor, uh, yeah. Alan McGregor, goalkeeper. Hmm. I think Alan McGregor is a better goalkeeper, but... See this change in
4: goalkeepers every week or something. I think that's playing a part in the defence as well. What do you think, guys? Yeah, listen. I mean, uh, go on, go on, Craig. I, so I, I just think being part of a defence or pl- having a partner beside you as a centre half and having a goalkeeper, a regular goalkeeper behind you, no doubt brings you much more consistency. You understand each other's game, you understand the strengths of each other. Uh, but Stephen Gerrard said, you know, they've struggled with injury, they've struggled with COVID situations, so we don't really know how deep it's been or what players have been affected have been players been fully fit to play are they just filling spaces on the bench so he has to make the best call for that but there is going to come a stage where he's going to have to mm. nail down his position as a number one goalkeeper Alan McGregor is the best mm. so I would imagine now that Alan McGregor will now get a consistent run of games which you're right Sean brings a level of consistency and security to the back yeah. line
2: John did you understand that reaction from Stephen Gerrard it was a massive yes. reaction at the end of the game on Sunday I did because um, they go a goal down and uh,
3: they're not playing, you know, football anywhere near uh, like they were last season where they, they conceded very little goals and defended very, very well. Hence, you know, the points difference when in the league. Okay. So I can understand, you know, beating Hibs who are flying this season along with Hearts. The two Edinburgh clubs are going really well. And especially from uh, go, going a goal down as well. Um, they've got the decision in terms of Port just being sent off. And then the centre-forward, who, again, um, has not hit the heights that we've seen in previous years, Morelos scores and scores the winner. So yeah. he's delighted. He's delighted with the three points. He's elated. Um, he can come away before the in- international break. He sees his team go and sit at the top of the table. Um, and it's a great away win, and that's what Rangers te- tend to have done. They've done it lots of times last season, and it's a, it's a sign of champions when you're not at your best and you can still claw out wins. That's what they do. How many times did we see Celtic do this in, when, in the era? You know, when they were winning. How many late goals did Celtic seem to score and score just before half time, which, which takes the wind out of the opposition's sail? You know, in terms of, in terms of having a bit of momentum going, coming back out for the second half. So I can totally understand his um, his reaction. He's absolutely delighted with the three points.
2: Sean, thanks for your call. Good to hear from you. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Cheers Sean. All the best. And uh, just as we head into the break, uh, some breaking news, uh, which we constantly bring you on this uh, Go Radio football show with the Taxi Centre. Um, and the headline on the Daily Record online is Rangers and Celtic, away fan lockout to end as SPFL scrap mandatory red zones. So SPFL clubs will now be permitted to undertake their own COVID-19 risk assessments. Um, the away fan lockout crags coming to an end it seems the SFA and SPFL's joint response group has ruled clubs can make their own assessments now um, which includes letting away fans in Rangers and Celtic have both been criticised of course for an ongoing absence of visiting fans this season um, Hearts due to visit Ibrox uh, on Saturday the 16th last week lodged a formal complaint over the matter with the SPFL uh, so maybe indications here that, that this situation which nobody's too happy about no. could be coming to an end.
4: Yes, which is good but the problem was the SPF I uh, said, the, the Joint Response Group when they initially made the change Rob, with red zones put it in the favour of the clubs for no away support to be allowed because they were allowed to, uh, they said it can go right down to zero didn't it with regards to away fans so glad it sorted out the clubs weren't happy I think with Hearts going well and Hibs going well they want to take away sports to the big stadium so Hearts fans will, will be on Ibrox and it's much better when there's two sets of fans.
2: Good to hear from Sean, and uh, you can get in touch as well. Join the football conversation with us, 0808 17, 17 700.
1: The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com Don't miss out on huge savings on your new taxi. Available exclusively to the taxi trade. Let's go! go, 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 go,
2: go, go, go. Welcome back, it's the Go Radio Football Show. On a Tuesday with the Taxi Centre. Good to have you with us as well. 0808 17 17 700. I was just asking a question off air. Um, Might ask it on air in a couple of minutes time. We're looking back on the club football weekend and uh, looking ahead as well to all the internationals coming up, uh, specifically Scotland against Israel. It's a five o'clock. Kick off! I better keep reminding myself that till the weekend so that I turn up on time at Hamden uh, Scotland Israel in front of a full house um, it's going to be great as we look to build on that result in Vienna can Scotland take a step towards World Cup qualification let's hope so but lots of talk uh, inevitably on the back of another uh, club weekend with Rangers coming back from a goal down against 10-man hips to win at Ibrox on Sunday that after Celtic had won uh, the early kick-off at Petaudry against the Dons by two goals to one. Ange Postecoglou delighted with that late Jota winner.
6: It wasn't smooth, but it's hard. We're meeting a team that's desperate for points. They're going to throw things at you. you know, it's a physical game. And it's all nice and well to say we, we probably could have played better, maybe controlled the game a bit more. But you know, you kind of know, even for our own situation, that irrespective of how I feel the players are feeling the pressure of getting our results, especially away from home. So you've got to factor all these into it and, and ultimately they found a way to, to, to get through and, and you know we scored a really good goal which is the stuff we want to play so I'm pleased. Yeah it was
2: Rogic with the pass, it was Montgomery with the cutback and it was uh, Jota with that final touch getting there before Aberdeen's Jack McKenzie to touch the ball in and we spoke about Stephen Gerrard's reaction John we saw written all over Ange Postacoglu's face as well how much that goal meant to Celtic going into the international break
3: It was a massive win Rob three points you get three points for it it was a a huge three points on the road at a place where okay Aberdeen um, have not been flying themselves this season they've lost some games that maybe they should have won didn't expect to lose um, but to go to Aberdeen, uh, knowing that Rangers were playing a couple of hours later at home, Tibbs, you always expect Rangers to win at home against anybody in the league. Um, it was just it was just massive that uh, they picked up the three points. And, and I think they kept going. They showed good spirit, a bit of character. You know, sometimes when you can see it from a set piece like they did Montgomery, who oh, I like, I think Taylor yeah. might struggle to get back into the team if Montgomery keeps putting in the performances he is at left back. He's really found his position there. He gets forward, he gets back. He loves the tackle, good on the ball, good passer. Um, And I thought he was cool, composed when he played it across to to Jota. He almost just put it in an area. Difficult there when there's a couple of defenders and they Mm -hmm. could defend it. But Jota, he read the pass from Montgomery, perfectly weighted across the goal. And Jota does great just to get his foot in front of the Aberdeen defender to stick it in the net for the winner. Um, it was all about three points. It really was, mm. and you could just you could just feel the mm. tension. Oh yeah, you know when Aberdeen equalised again from a set piece, from yeah. a header. Was it Ferguson and then yeah. and it, then Montgomery? You could say he was. If he's back on the post. He probably heads he, it away, but he's about
2: two foot I think inside was, the box. he was surprised by the flight of the ball, wasn't he? Because yes. I think it came off Fergus's shoulder, yeah. and it spun Get up it, in it, the air, and it just it, dropped out And yeah. Joe Hart seemed a bit phased yes. by it, it, it as it was, well.
3: It was relief, really wasn't it? It was three points, and now Ange yeah. can maybe have three or four days off and then work with the other players who are not away on international duty. Yeah. Got a bit of time to work. The guys come back, and I think they play mother well. Then they've got Ferris Varus in the Europa League, a game which I expect Celtic to, to get off the mark in the Europa League this season.
2: But I think what was going through my head in those final few minutes at Pitadri, I was at the game, uh, was probably what was going through everyone else's mind at that stage. What if this does end 1 1 mm-hmm. and for Celtic it's 11 points out of a possible 24 at the start of the, the league season? What a difference to, to going in. Yeah, I know they're only a couple of points mm-hmm. better off than that. But, it, but, it, but it's massive psychologically, isn't it? Well, that? well,
4: that's what I was going to say. Psychologically, it's a huge boost because it just means the next time, I think their next two away games are Motherwell away and Hibs away. So it's two difficult ones to come in the league, two difficult venues. It just means ahead of those games, Ange won't have to answer questions about you still haven't won away in the league. That's gone. The players won't have to speak about you haven't won away in the league. It's gone. That's just a little small hurdle to get over. You know, otherwise it sticks in your mind. If they drew it, it would have been flat coming back down the road. The players go off into the national jury. They come back, then they're back into another game. So I think it's a, it, it's a big boost for the squad mentally. It means now they can kick on. They also, when they were pinned back to 1-1, they had the resilience. They had a little bit of fight in them, Rob, and they managed to find that little bit of quality that went and won them the game. Yet again, psychologically, they now know if we're struggling away from home, we can find a way to win. But it's a start, it's not the end, it's a start. They have to use that as the catalyst to kick on and now really go to Motherwell, put in a good performance, get another big win. Go to Easter Road, with well, St. Johnson in between and Ferenc Varos, but go, go to Easter Road, make a mark. Really now build on getting four or five away wins in a row and try and put the pressure on the clubs above.
2: Kyogo John scored um, back among the goals. He came back for the the European game uh, against uh, against Leverkusen, yeah, and, and probably you know could and should have scored in that should game. Have done and him. had he, you know, as you say, maybe more games under his belt, he would have taken one of those chances. well
3: By Leverkusen, the, the goalkeeper made two unbelievable saves. Yeah. One with his feet mm. in the first half, where people were criticising, saying he should have gone over the keeper. I think he did the right thing. he's just got a tour. And it's just gone slightly mm. past the right-down post. And in, early in the second half, brilliant. He gets hold of the ball, uh, feints to go one way, cuts inside, hits it with his left foot, and the goalkeeper is is outstretched and he's just tipped it around the post. So you thinking he could have got himself a couple of goals. He looked really sharp mm. because he set his standards. So we expect him to score. It's like Henry Larsson. Yeah. expect him to score every single game now because he's started so well. But, um, and then again, he gets his goal, gets his goal up at Aberdeen. And I thought as well, it was really good because I like him through the middle, but Ange brought Aieti on mm-hmm. and moved him over to the left in the last 15, sort of 20 minutes or so. Yeah. And it, it, te- it seemed to work. It seemed to work because Celtic had more then going forward. And obviously, that's where the goal came from as well, down that left-hand side, although it was Montgomery. But I, I do feel that even if it would have been a point, a draw, Rob, mm-hmm. I still think that the pressure Ange would have put on himself, the only pressure really would have put on, he puts on himself, he'll know the situation with not winning away from home. That was a huge relief for him. But I do think he needs a bit of support from the club. Oh, yeah. The, the club need to come out, I feel, and say, Ange is our manager, we back him. It's difficult because, you know, Celtic, are they want results. They want to compete this year. But I do feel there should be a statement coming out from Celtic to say, we're in transition. We've had to build a whole new team. We've made a lot of changes. We've lost a lot of our personnel, our players, our staff. And we with Ange. We're behind the manager. Whether or not they're telling him that internally, but I just feel as if I think that would would stop a lot of the noise, you know, about Celtic. Maybe Ange will go. Do you think he's been hung out to dry? I don't think he's been hung out to dry, but I'd like to see Celtic come out and say, look, he's our manager. We have invested in this guy. And what we've seen is, you know, we've seen a new system. Um, He's still playing out from the back. You know, he's not going to change. He's not going to change. In January, we're looking to strengthen, maybe bring a few more in, give him another window or two more windows. Because at this minute, he'll be
2: feeling pressure. And, and, it does, and it does appear that everything's on him, doesn't it? And moment. I just
3: feel, I just feel that would help him. That would help the cause. Just take a little bit of pressure off him. Because I'm not sure
4: it's needed, if I'm honest. I really don't. I think just by allowing to get on with his job, not interfering, and then they suddenly release a statement, then the fans think, oh, is there a problem? What's going on? You know, A lot of the fans are with him anyway. A lot of the fans understand what you're talking about. I don't think they need a statement from above to say, "Oh, things are fine. We're supporting them. We're gonna, you know, that will be evident come January." But I think he
3: needs that. I'm not so sure. I think he needs that because you look
2: at managerial. I think you know you look at there are are quite a few roles unfilled, aren't there at Celtic?
4: Yeah, but that's not the Uh, manager's problem. No, no. But does that not
2: need explained? Well possibly but I don't think the manager's
4: situation needs explained The manager's no. in his role He's brought in what 12 players over the summer Some are up to standard Some are still, you know, the jury's out and some uh, It's quite clear he needs to bring other players in in January To try and complement or supplement what he has And probably add to the quality He needs to sign players to come into his first 11 He knows that, the board will know that I don't think releasing a statement now When their points total is way down on last season It may look like they're, you know, they're, there's an issue, there's problems There's not. Just let him get on with Why his job Why did Dominic McKay leave then? Well that that's a separate issue from, from, I know, but from you Ange go in, Postacoglu. Ange works
3: with Don Mackay closely. Dom Mackay helps him, he has a good window, helps bring in the players that he brought in, must be through the through the owners, the money men. And then Dom Mackay's out the door. Before you know it, he's yeah. gone. And then one or two others come in and then there's things mentioned that, you know, there's people in there, there's and I just feel that I just feel Ange could do with that little bit of support and I think it needs to come from the club
2: yeah he does need some help that's for sure he needs the help of that uh, transfer window in January and uh, no doubt he will be uh, and Celtic will be taking full advantage of that they have to uh, to get their squad up to to full strength they can't change Um, it
4: they can't change it no they're not going to change it I I don't think there's any well, you can just tell by the continuity and how Ange getting on. I mean, if they I know, change if it they, now, if they, if they that's Christ, panic. If they drew against
3: Aberdeen and they lose the next one against Motherwell, how do you know they're not going to change it? That's no wins in whatever it was. But as it happens, they went and won. And I think this is now. So that's a
4: hypothetical point, then, really. It, know, there's but, no point. To
3: it. You can't just say they're not going to change it because. Do you, do you think? Do you think he? Do you think there's a, there's a threat? I don't to, think to they should. Goal. I am right behind him. I don't uh-huh. think they should because no, what but, he was left with. But do you think
2: I, they might? Do you, Do you think he might get I the bullets between now If the results have
3: continued losing and playing the same way and not having that willingness to change, I think they might well have, you know, and said that they they might panic and they might be possibly be a change. I don't think that. I don't think. In my view, that should happen. No, but you think it but might. But you think I, I, it could happen. I think it's a massive point at the weekend, and I think that Celtic now should come out and support the manager and say that he needs a bit of support and he's got our support.
2: Would everyone not agree that he needs the next transfer window? Would they, even in the power brokers inside Celtic Park as well? Would they not agree with the common consent? I guess which but is do they
3: all see? Do they all see his plan? Do they all see his philosophy? Do they all see what he's trying to do?
2: He's trying to play a certain way, but he's not getting the results that way. So, so do you think there are people behind the scenes who are looking at possibly, looking at his football philosophy and saying, yeah, maybe this is not a winning philosophy?
3: Absolutely. I think and he could come under pressure if he didn't continue. Not from me, mm. not from the majority of the supporters, but I think as a club, you know, you look at what happened, you know, to Tony Mowbray, you look at what happened to Ronnie Dyler. You know, although for me, Ange has come in and he's been able to have a have a transfer window. Um, and that's why I think that it's very important for me to let the whole fans know that we're behind him and I think it's important for him I think he needs but he has no that. games
4: you know it's Celtic you can get as much support as you want John mm-hmm. and it was almost back we're not going to bring Frank or I'm sure Frank will be trying to get on later on but the point being if you're continually losing games and there's not progression then you have to come under pressure as a manager mm-hmm. whether you're a manager of Rangers or whether you're a manager of East Fife you know understandably, understandably and budgets and, and you know prospects are different but ultimately as a football manager you've got to win games there's got to be progress for people to tag on to so if you're a Celtic manager and you're not winning games then yes you're going to come under threat Ange knows that but I don't think there's a big statement needed just to say we're supporting a manager I think the majority of fans know that Mm
2: -hmm. Needs a bigger squad and uh, he will hope that uh, he continues to get full Celtic support between now and then and through January as he looks to uh, stay in touch in the meantime uh, with the teams at the top of the Premiership, Rangers leading the way at the moment uh, and Mount a Charge uh, in the second half and a challenge Celtic will hope for the title in the second half of the campaign.
1: The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com Your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you. Let's go! go, go.
2: The Tuesday version of the Go Radio football show with the Taxi Centre. Good to have you with us. Join the football discussion 0808 08, 17 17 700. Plenty to discuss, that's for sure. Looking ahead to the Scotland-Israel game at the end of the week. Saturday at five. Uh, and a full house crowd heading for Hamden for that one. A couple of big results. Quite a few good results at the weekend. Hearts keeping their presence at the top end of the Premiership. Rangers are top of the pile, of course. How are they doing points-wise this season compared to last? That's something we're going to talk about in a moment, but it was a big win against Hibbs, wasn't it, on Sunday. On the back of Celtic, getting all three points at Betaudry as well. It's Rob McLean, it's Stephen Cragan and it's John Hartson. Ten years free of gambling, John. Well done to you.
3: Oh, Thank you, Rob. Yeah, for your cheers.
2: You must be feeling really good about that. Um, it's an important milestone for you, I guess, to celebrate, isn't it?
3: Well, yes, I think, uh, you know, ten years ago, I won't really go into it too much, but the, the, the place I was in mentally, um, you know, and, and to have gone this far, really, with a lot of support, you know, without, without a bet... Um, I've continued to go, I've continued to go to meetings, you know, you you, you need to be uh, strong-willed, you need a good, um, uh, reasons to stop, and I had a million reasons to stop, and I had no reasons to carry on, you know, in the end, I got tired of telling lies and being deceitful, I was an addict, and I still am a recovering gambling addict, I will always be a recover, recovering gambling addict, but, um... You know where I am now in terms of mentally and focus and everything else is, is night and day to where I was. You know it uh, it drags you down as a, as as an addict. Um, it, it's the first thing you think of in the morning when you wake up. The last thing you think of at night is an alcoholic. It's like a sex addict. It's like a a fitness addict. It's like an eating a, an addict. You know there's there's lots and lots of different addictions and um, gambling is is one of the worst because you know they say. Th- Three, three, three times more people take their lives through gambling than any other addiction. And uh, no, as I said, it's uh, I'm very proud. I'm proud of my family and their support, particularly my wife Sarah. She's she's been through the mill uh, with me over the years, and it's great now that we can enjoy great times together, and I'm clean, and I'm happy, and everything else. You know, it's it's undoubtedly the the where I am today is. Uh, you know is I've got a lot of people people in GA in the counselors the therapy or everybody else all the all the fellowship all the guys that, that helped everybody along along with the meetings continued having the meetings obviously they've slowed down a little bit over the pandemic but oh. we still have zoom meetings and things like this so no I'm very very proud of that and um, I've had a huge response today because everybody knew I was a former I was a former mm. gambler. I put it out there. I'm going on BBC Five Live tomorrow to speak about it. And and I, I want to get it out there. I want to help others. I'm passionate about helping other gamblers because yeah. I know what it can do to you mentally. Well, um, what, what
2: is the message? I mean, there the, the, the could well be uh, people listening right now who've got the problem, the same problem that you managed to surmount. Yeah. What would be your, your advice to them? Well, my advice to them
3: would be change your life. You know, change your life. Stop telling lies. Stop being deceitful. Um, but I, I wouldn't particularly tell anybody to stop gambling because they've got to find that themselves. I wouldn't listen to no one. You know, I wouldn't listen to my agents, my, my family, my parents. And nobody could make me stop. I didn't want to stop. I didn't think I had a problem. But you've got to do it for you first and foremost and then everything else then comes into place then. Um, and before I moved up, to, I've been in Edinburgh now five years this Christmas. I've been back up from Wales and I absolutely love it where I am. Um, in south of Edinburgh there. And um, before I moved up to Scotland for the second time, obviously I had six years or five and a half years in Glasgow. But we came back up um, five years ago. It's five years now this Christmas that I've been back. And before I came back, the first thing I had to do was find a GA because I had to continue with my treatment, Mm. you know, with my illness. And we found a GA near to where I live, a Gamblers Anonymous meeting, and that was the first thing I had to do, even before I found a house, because that was more important mm-hmm. to me yeah, and reason. my and that's my security, family yeah. before yeah. I moved to a beautiful city like Edinburgh. It wasn't what's the point in me going to Edinburgh? I've still got a problem. You know, so you're carrying this weight around with you all the time. But um now, um I feel great, you know. I, uh, if you give me if you give me a thousand pounds now, Rob and said, go out there and have a bet on that horse is gonna win. i I wouldn't be interested at all. It's just, it's just gone. It's just erased yeah. from my mind now, and uh, that—that's years of mental strength and work and advice, and um, and going to meetings and just, just, just doing the twelve steps and just continuing to go.
2: And I know you've been a big help to others as well. So well um, done you uh, on thank you. Uh, on reaching that that important uh, milestone. Um, couple of big results for, for Rangers and Celtic. Obviously, we've been talking about them at the weekend. Rangers coming back from a goal down against a 10-man Hibs team with Ryan Porteous sent off. And Stephen Gerrard was cock-a-hoop afterwards.
0: Well, I think it was a lot more closer to where we wanted to be. And um, I thought at times today we played some really good stuff. I thought the goal came against the runner play. I thought we had control at that stage. But to be fair to Hibs... A fantastic cross and it's a good header that makes the task a lot harder it complicates it a bit but i've got to pay my players a lot of credit because we didn't panic we stayed we kept doing the right things and we kept asking questions and um, we were rewarded for all our good play in the end
2: and it was on fredo morella's crags wasn't it who got mm-hmm. the got the winning header i was i was listening to to the the goal show um on the way back down the road from the celtic game um, and uh, it, it was just a typical summary of a, of a Rangers game. Uh, it's ha- how many times has this happened that you're hearing that Alfredo Morales is not in it, he's not involved, mm. and then suddenly he pops up and he scores the goal, which gives all three points?
4: Well, Steven Gerrard has probably been talking since the start of the season about needing a game to spark them into life, a game just to kind of change the direction of where they're going, Rob, and that may be the game where yes, they were up against 10 men, but they were behind. They knew the importance of getting the three points. They knew Celtic had won previously. And I know people they're looking at Hearts and Motherwell. Rangers always look at Celtic, and Celtic always look at Rangers, irrespective of what people want to think. When you get, to get the game 30, if Hibs and Hearts are still about, of course they will take them into consideration. But it's always Rangers and Celtic. So they will have known their big rivals have won. They know they'll get better and probably close the gap. So they knew it was a huge game for them. International window coming up. Relief for Steven Gerrard. So he just has to hope that that late victory both sparkest players in the life. But you're spot on about Alfredo Morelos. He's been quiet. His numbers have been down this season compared to what they've been in previous seasons. Uh, he doesn't look as fit and as sharp as what he's been. They went to Prague last week and he didn't play in a huge game for Rangers. Stephen Gerrard explained that they wanted to play Sakala because they wanted to use his pace and he'd done okay. But still, if you're the main marksman, you're thinking, you're a little bit of back because you want to be the main man. Strikers have an ego. Strikers love being the most important players in the team. (laughs) You know, they score the goals. They're the ones that win your games more often than not. So he will have been delighted to get that late goal. And his reaction told you that. He's now going to work hard the next two weeks along with the rest of the Rangers players and come back and continue that work. But that might just be the moment they look back at later in the season. If they go on to win the title and say it was the Hibs game that actually brought us to life for that point in the season to kick on.
2: Talking of numbers, eight games in going into the international break, Rangers on 19 points. How many did they have at this stage last season?
4: I looked at they had 20. So a lot of people are getting a wee bit frustrated. This time last year, they had scored uh, 17 goals. I think this year they've scored 14 so they've conceded a few more which is understandable you know the record they had last year was phenomenal it was going to be very hard to replicate I think one goal in the opening eight or nine games they'd conceded something like that so it, it, to try and maintain those levels of last season is going to be difficult but as it stands at the minute they're one point better off and Steven Gerrard said there we're getting back to where we want to be we're closer to that performance He still haven't had that complete performance where he can become settled and relaxed and enjoy himself he still thinks there's more to come so if you're a point behind where you were last year and you've still got improvement to do that tells you they're on the right path. Stive, pleasing on the eye, probably not as good as last year. Last year was a little bit different for them, but more zest in their play and zip in their play. But if they can find anywhere near that in the rest of the season, then they're certainly in a good place.
2: Is that ominous, John Hartson, for everyone else in the Premiership at the moment? The Rangers are considerably short of where they were last season. You would say, looking in from the outside, um, but they are at the top of the Premiership, and maybe there's no shifting them from there. Well, the the only reason they've not got the same amount of points was because of that
3: defeat against Dundee United, mm-hmm. and everybody sort of jumped on Rangers' back saying, you know, they're out of form, they went out to the Champions League qualifiers. Um, but they've won six out of eight games and drawn one, and, and lost a game early in the season. They've re, they've responded in terms of winning league games. They're top of the league, and at this moment in time, the biggest danger to Rangers is Hearts. Because they go in really well themselves, yeah. you know, and they and they know the threat of Hibs as well. They know what what serious threat Hibs are yeah. with some of the players that they have. Nisbet, for instance, again yeah. scored at Ibrox at the weekend. And we'll will so, never know how that game might have exactly, gone had,
2: had Hibs kept all eleven on the pitch.
3: Absolutely, Celtic they're six points ahead of Celtic. Okay, they, they play they play in. Um, is it December the 2nd or January the 2nd they play? When is it
2: the next play? They I go? would imagine it would be January January, the, January, the January, second. January January the 2nd. So January they play
3: their the next game. Um, but there'll be points dropped before then. I think there'll be points dropped by both teams. Um, but I think they're in a good place. Rangers all right. Steven Gerrard's saying, and Craigs is right, they're not playing that free-flowing, getting it wide, getting crosses in. Morelos arriving, although he scored at the weekend. Defensively, they see they've had a few problems. Balogans come in, Golsan's been out Herlander, Barisic, they tried to sell. Mm. He's had to come back into the team, whatever happened there, when when he was just about to leave, when he was clapping the fans goodbye, I think, Mm. after the Celtic game, or one of the games anyway. So, defensively, they'll get that right. Um, And they have the team to catch. I think the Celtic fans, Ange, everybody knows that, Rangers are the champions and they want to retain onto that, they'll want to retain their championship. Um, And they're a strong side, so teams can't drop points in and around them because once you keep dropping points, you know Celtic, you know they they've got three important points at the weekend. But all of a sudden, if they don't get that late winner against Aberdeen, all of a sudden it becomes eight points. This time Christ- Christmas time last season, Celtic were twenty one points behind Rangers. The league was finished. Yeah. So you don't want a situation like that this year because you're right. I think that champions get the decisions when you're up there. You get you get the big calls. You get a little bit of luck when you're down there not so much and they're winning games and they're not quite at their best that that, that is a sign George you want to to go and play for
4: Motherwell if you think Rangers and Celtic get the decisions believe me (laughs) 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 Terry Butcher said that he said when I was at Rangers as a player I thought the other team has got everything then became manager of Motherwell he said I realised they get nothing that was Terry's quote not
2: mine (laughs) the football chat continues
1: The Go Radio football show with thetaxicenter.com. Your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you. Let's go, go!
2: That news that we brought you earlier on in the show there will be no barrier to away fans at Scottish grounds after the country's football authorities removed the mandatory use of red zones at games. Scottish Premiership clubs have had to relocate spectators from main stands to allow a socially distanced area but clubs can now relax physical distancing measures and make their own risk assessments about accommodating more home and away supporters. Clubs can still implement red zones at their own discretion but it certainly sounds like that could be a step forward towards getting away fans into some of the grounds. We were just speaking before the 6 o'clock news there about the Premiership placings, the fact that Rangers are on top and they're only a point behind where they were last season on the way to a 25-point winning margin. You wouldn't imagine it's going to be that sort of victory for them this time around if indeed they do come out on top. They're a point ahead at the moment, Rangers on 19 after their first eight games, uh, a point ahead of Hearts on 18. Then come Hibs 15, Motherwell 14, Dundee United are on 14 as well. Celtic on 13. Sixth place going into the international break, but feeling a whole lot better uh, being on 13 points than they would have been had Jota not scored that late winner at Pataudry. Uh, they are six points behind Rangers at the moment are Ange Postacoglu and his team going into the... International break. Rob McLean, Stephen Craig, and John Hartson uh, in the studio, and uh, we're joined by Sean on the line. Hi, Sean.
6: Hi, guys. How you doing all night, right,
2: Sean? Very well, thanks, and yourself.
6: Doing well, doing well. Good Can't man. Complain. Good. What would you like to say? Uh, I was just um, coming on just to talk about obviously Celtic's win, the first away win in fe- uh, since February, getting that kind of monkey off the back. It was mm. just. I'm really, really pleased that we finally actually got the win. We didn't perform really well. We won really in ugly fashion, but mm. the most important thing was getting those three points. Do you like Jota? Does he please you? I like Jota. Three words for Jota. Pay the money. <laughs> pay the money. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I was wondering what those three words were going to be there for a worrying moment. But I'm Pay, uh, pay it now, Sean, because the, the longer it goes the season, and his, his performances yeah. get that, better. That price is going oh, up, Absolutely. Get, yeah. get it in now, Definitely.
6: yeah. Definitely. But you did, you... Jordan, we've been there before with mm. Ivan, Tony, and John. John McGinn, penny pinching. The money's there. Get it spent right away.
3: He's delivering, John Hartson, isn't he? I like him. I like. I, I. don't think our midfield have been great either this season. To be honest, people go on about the defence. I don't think our yeah Turnbull's got a few goals. We we've missed McGregor for a number of games, but I think our front three have been exceptional. I I think Abada, Jota. And Kyogo, um, I, I think they've been absolutely magnificent. And uh, if we can get one or two, Jack Makas, I'm not seeing enough of him to see how good he is. Really, I don't think anybody can really judge him at the minute, Sean. But uh, you no. know, I really feel going forward, there's goals in the team. But you know, you, you you want to be tight at the back because you know against better teams, you 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 are um, susceptible of being countered at times and. You know, you you you've got to have a situation at the back when you are being countered that you can be strong enough so you can you can then go again and go forward again. But I like Jota's work rate, he's mm. up and down, he gives everything, Abada's very clever, puts a ball in the box early as well, which I like.
2: And he also comes in off the
3: side ah, when, when Jota's the side. crossing well, the ball from the left. that's what you say, when, when he's crossing from the left, your right-sided player should hmm. be in that back uh, position. And he's got six
2: goals, Abada, it's been a really so good I, return. I,
3: I really like yeah. Saddiq going forward, I think they look entertaining on the front foot, with scoring goals. Um I still have concerns. I think most of the fans, Sean. I don't know if you agree. We would still have concerns defensively. Um, yep. But as I said, I think when we leak in goals like we are, that just puts more pressure on the front players because you, you yep. can't you can't go and score, you know, three or four goals every game. It'd be quite nice sometimes to win ugly, win scrappy, and win one nil.
2: You know, and defense keep you in it at yeah. times. Uh, that's how it used to be. But um, does that worry you, Sean? Does that keep on, still worry you, the Celtic's defensive vulnerability? It was a goal conceded from a set piece, of course, on Sunday.
6: Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. But there was, um, seems to be last season and this season there seems to be a a mental block when it comes to dealing with cross balls and corner kicks. I feel as if every time we're getting a, we're getting conceding a corner kick, that it's inevitably really going to end up in a goal. Mm-hmm. But going back to John's point, I feel as if it is the midfield. I know how much. Uh, how bad the defence has been performing but I feel as if sometimes the gap between the the strikers and the defence is is huge I feel as if the midfield sometimes is just totally invisible I feel as if Turnbull this season has not covered his selling glory I feel as if Rodgick's exactly the same I feel as if it was the right decision to drop him at the weekend to bring a wee bit of the in who has not played in the midfield for seems as if it's been years in his natural position
2: Mm. What do you think, Craigs, about the midfield balance at Celtic?
4: Well, it's just something funny Sean touched on that. I, I just think they needed a little bit of solidity in there because David Turnbull and Tom Rogic want to go beyond the strikers. They want to go in the wide areas. They go looking for the ball. You know, their their natural instinct when the ball is given away in the edge of the opposition's box isn't to run back towards their own goal. It's to kind of amble about and hope that Celtic can recycle the ball, turn it over, and get it back to them. So by that stage when you play against better sides suddenly they're breaking on you and that one man in midfield who whether it's James McCarthy against Bayer-Leverkusen sorry in previous games Callum McGregor even against Bayer-Leverkusen you can get exposed you can get overrun because I think the higher level you play the more dynamism those teams have to break at you. In Scotland you can probably get away with it a little bit But I think Ian just looked at it and thought, do you know what, we need an extra man in there. We need to allow David Turnbull to play closer to the centre-forward or Tom Rogic, it was David Turnbull on Sunday, and make sure we hold the middle of the park. If you give up the middle of the pitch against good sides, you get punished, and that's where they counter-attack you from. It also gives your two centre-halves a little bit more protection because when you play so open and so expansive, as what Celtic do, centre-halves get exposed. So rather than continually expose them put an extra man in midfield just to make sure you've got that block of four that when the ball breaks down you've got four players behind the ball potentially who can nibble out and, and, and can cover the ground and try and stop the counter-attack. So I think it's a good tactical move by Ange Postacoglu. It'll be interesting to see if he continues it. Mm-hmm. At Celtic Park he can probably still play Rogic and Turnbull if that's what he wants to do. But away from home, you've got to maybe just be a little bit more pragmatic at times. I yeah. think that's just, just to protect your two centre-halves because everybody's just lambasting them. Centre-halves can't defend. Centre-halves can't well, do that. Well, that's wide, well, men get, well, yeah, that's wide men as well, Christ. That's
3: wide men as well because it looks great when you're attacking a barter, taking players on positive, taking the opposite fall back on and Jota on the opposite side. But when you come up against a good team in Europe that'll keep the ball, they'll potentially have more ball than you. Mm-hmm. You also want the the, the your, your wide men... Yeah. To get
2: back and and defend and, and they're both. I think they're both learning their trade, aren't they? Yeah, those, those men, two players, young, young,
4: yeah, young of men. Of course, yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. And do, do you take that point, Sean, that that maybe um, Ante Postacoglu is seeing the situation whereby there are games uh, in which he can play both Rogic and Turnbull, and maybe other games against better opposition where he needs a different balance to the midfield.
6: Yeah, definitely. I feel as if Rogic and Turnbull. The kind of flared players, the tricky players, no issue with them playing away from home, but the kind of bigger teams away from home in, in the league where you're going to have, a, to have a wee bit of dig, a wee bit of fight, I feel as if Beton was the right decision. I don't feel as if McCarthy, he's not really lived up to the kind of hard man that Scott Brown was, and I feel as if Soros kind of walking booking every time he goes on the park. So he's only limited for five, ten minutes. He's on a booking and then he needs to watch himself. So I feel as if Beton... In his natural position in the midfield, he does bring a calmness that we just need to calm the play down, and then we can then we can push on to there.
4: Sean, I think even his physical presence—you know, he's six foot two, six foot three. I think he just gives you that extra cover for crossballs into the box or even set plays and just to have that presence beside Callum McGregor because he loves to put his foot in he wants to make a tackle he wants to use the physicality he has so I think it's a good balance between him and McGregor.
2: And he probably should have scored yeah. in early on at Pataudry at the weekend as well shouldn't yeah. he? He had a big chance. He
4: got Bob Scott Brown didn't he? Yeah, he he did. just gave him a little nudge out of the way and it, it, yeah he probably should have scored but I just think that it looked a better defensive balance having uh, near Beton, in there beside Callum McGregor.
3: I, st- I still think Rogic is a, is is a good player. I think he's worked really hard on his fitness.
4: And I don't, we're not, we're not, we're not
2: We're not saying he's not a good player,
4: but no. you
3: know,
2: I, th- I think the conversation is: you know, can you actually can you accommodate in t- in big games against top opposition, be it Europe or domestically, John? Sometimes is it a luxury to have both Turnbull yeah, most, and Rogic in the same he, midfield?
3: Yeah, it is. Yeah, but I think Rogic has got more in terms of a bit more guile and he cut. Uh, and so they're not both none of them are really great athletes in terms of covering ground Um, you know but Rogic for me again at the weekend he's the difference he's the one who threads that ball into yeah, Montgomery that, with bit that perfect, of quality absolutely and, that, and that's where he comes in and I think he's worked so hard to get back because he was right out of favour mm. right out of touch Um, almost on the verge of selling him because he just wasn't performing just wasn't in just wasn't around it yeah. Um He's worked so hard, he's got back, he's been given another opportunity by Ange. And I think he's sucked that. But you are right, I think it is important to get the balance in terms of, you know, Turnbull is is more of a natural goal scorer. He'll hit strikes and score from the edge of the box. And, and create like he did at the weekend. He's probably better at set pieces from corners and dead ball situations. So, listen, you've got you've got good players in there, but it's important when you're at Celtic, you can't have a poor two or three games. You've got to be consistent Giving the ball away sloppily in the middle of the park, giving possession away needlessly, these little things like change, you know, the 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 shape of the game. If you like, selling so in possession, and then Roger should just, you know, just flip one away with the outside of his foot, gives mm. possession away. You can't
4: do that. Yeah. That's the risk you take with a player like that, you mm. know, because the next time he flicks it around the corner, someone goes and scores. Mm. Yeah. So you know, you have to kind of but counterbalance. We have been against... a bit
3: loose, Craig's, with our passing, even defensively. I see Starfeld firing balls into into fallbacks. All the best with that one. <laughs> Deal with that one. Yeah. Uh, Martin O'Neill used to say, so pass the ball like you're passing it to your granny. In other words, take care. Make it easy. Lenny used to roll the ball into me on the right side of the defender. gives me a better chance to get the ball. Don't make it a fight ball. Don't play at the same side as a defender standing. Just get your head up, have a little glance and, and, and make the right pass. That's why you're at Celtic. That's you meant to be quality. And I just feel, sure, I don't know what you think, but the ball breaks down a lot when we're in possession because just we're yeah. just a little bit sloppy. We just need to tighten up a little bit all over the park.
6: Yeah, definitely. Mm. Totally agree with that as well. And also this played out for the back. As much as it's a great idea, every single... Doing it at every single two minutes is is not the it's not the answer because we're not going we're not getting ball playing players. I know that Staffel was brought in to be a ball playing. I don't think he is. I don't think really Carter Vickers, as I think he's a, he's as strong as an ox. Yeah. But I don't feel he's great with the ball at his feet. I feel as if sometimes we just we're inviting pressure after pressure after pressure. I'd yeah. much rather lose the ball in the in the opposition box. I watched Bayern Moon. Met, I, I watched Bayern
3: I watched by a Leverkusen last week do this. They were in trouble, full backs, had no problem clipping it into the front man. Mm-hmm. Had no problem skipping the midfield out. The goalkeeper didn't always pass it out from the back. Went long and and made their, their forwards. I know he got Kyogo through the middle. Kick it wide then. Kick it wide onto the right-back and jota.
2: You need to have that variety, don't you?
3: I think so. I think so. Just being obsessed by your players have to play out because they're going to put themselves in trouble. I don't think that... I think Vickers is better than Starfelt on the ball. I actually don't mind Carter Vickers. I think he's pretty good. Mm -hmm. I think he's strong. He's quick. Um, Like everything else, uh, you know, I think he can improve. The other sides I don't care how good they are the back, they still go long. If they've got three high press from the opposition,
4: you've got to go long. Don't yeah. take a risk. I think the problem is certainly watching against Barry Levicus, and maybe that's not the right gauge to do it against, but because Tony Ralston and, and, and Adam Montgomery went in and played in the middle of the pitch, mm-hmm. right, Starfeld yeah. and, and Carter Vickers then have time in the ball, the wide players have to drop deep. They're then staying high, so all Starfeld can do is pass it back to the goalkeeper if he gives it to Jota, he had Frimpong right up behind him. So there's no space to give it to him. He's got Tony Ralston or Montgomery in the middle of the pitch. They're marked also. So if the two wide players drop deep, Rob, that draws their fullbacks out. Then that's when the centre-halves can clip the ball over the fullback's head and put it in the channel and allow Keogh to run into the channel or allow a midfield player to break into that space. But because the wide men stay really, really high... They've literally got no one to pass the ball to, which is why against Leverkusen, I I commented on during the game, he kept having to go back to Joe Hart because he hasn't got a passing option. So other players have to work a little bit harder at times when centre-halves have the ball.
2: It's a work in progress. um, And I guess at this stage of the season, it, it was always going to be. Do you see James McCarthy, Sean, as somebody who's going to have an important part to play for Celtic? Does he need time?
6: Um. Well, he's been given a four-year deal, bizarrely. So <laughs> that, that's a fair yeah. bit of time,
2: but but no, what? Obviously, I mean, right in the here and now, do you do you, you know um, because he's taken a fair bit of criticism, hasn't he, from some some fans? Oh
6: yeah, yeah definitely. I, f- I feel as if it's because he's came, he's came for the Premier League. He's a he's he's grew into this kind of experienced Premier League player. So I feel as if the fans were thinking that he was just going to hit the ground running and just dominate the midfield, and that's not been the case. I feel as if we do need to give him a wee bit of kind of leeway. He has struggled a lot with. Injuries in the past, but I feel as if he really should be. I expected a bit more than, than what I'm seeing now, but I will give him. I will give him time, as I'll give the whole team time, because we are technically still on a this kind of rebuild. It's a transition period. I, I've I've said it before. i have kind of. I've written this season off completely. I wrote this off a long time ago. I feel as if he needs maybe one or two windows. Needs to be back more. So I'm just patiently wait until next season and then we can probably kick
3: on Sean you've, you've almost answered my question uh, before I actually ask you it um, just in terms <laughs> of the manager but you're, uh, but you're still
2: going to ask it anyway are you yeah <laughs> but
3: just in terms of the manager Sean's yeah. just said he's almost written off this season now mm. Sean is a Celtic fan Would you have you written off the season John no absolutely not no. six points behind eight games gone not, not for me I still think we have a good window. Um, do you think a lot of Celtic fans have written off the season? I don't think so. No, I don't. Um, I understand what Sean is saying in terms of the work to do. And if Celtic were to... I said this and I got ridiculed for it. Celtic were to win the league this year. It, it, it'll go down, in my well, opinion, well, as one of the best. Because word, look, yeah. look, at, look at what he's had to do. Mm-hmm. Look look at the amount of people that went out of the door. and The amount of people they lost the chief executive, they lost the captain. We thought they lost... Previous chief executive, but I think Peter is still doing some stuff at the club. Peter Lowell I
2: think he's still having an still influence. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
3: So uh, with all this, um, Sean, in terms of the manager, um, will he come under pressure this season? Say we'd lost at the weekend, and then we we you know we lose in the Europa League, and we go out to Europe, you know, before Christmas, and 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 then we you know we end up finishing. Th- will, will he come under pressure, or will it just will the club say? Do you think he needs a bit of backing in terms of the club maybe... Oh yeah, definitely. You think the club yeah. maybe should come out and say, look, this is our man. We understand it's a difficult season. We understand the work there was to do before the season. Our
4: manager is trying. We will give him the funds he needs. Because... Surely that should have been when he got the job, John. That's what sh- There was nothing then. Surely that's the kind of statement then. Which means then this conversation doesn't take place because mm. they say, "Listen, he's a man. We'll give him windows. We'll give him Monday." But ultimately, they want to see progression. They want to see victories. Yes. The, the last thing he wants had, to see What that. do you
2: think, Sean? Yeah. The last thing he wants now is <laughs> a vote of confidence. Yeah. You <laughs> would
6: imagine. My, my first priority, if I was Ange, it wouldn't be the financial backing for players. I think he needs his own staff. I think he needs somebody in his ear to somebody that he can bounce ideas off. I know John Kennedy's here and Gavin Stratton, but they've been there before. I think he needs his own his own team, somebody
5: that knows the back of his hand. Why, be why do, why do you two. think
3: then, Shawnee he hasn't brought in that man? Do you think he's told he has to work with, like Lenny was told, he has to work with John, uh, uh, yeah, John has I to stay there, definitely. Gavin has to stay there, he's new to the role. Um, is he told by the club that he has to work with these guys? Because surely any manager that comes in, especially from Japan, Will know somebody, have somebody that he can trust. He can bounce ideas yep. off. He can go for a meal with on Saturday night and talk football, talk about the game. His mate, his pal, who knows a little yeah, bit about football. Totally I, mean. I can't believe he hasn't
6: brought anybody in yet. What do you think, Sean? I, I think I don't think I think his hands are tied. I think he's been told to keep keep the people that are there. That's pretty, that, that, I, that, I, I, I can't comparable. get my head
3: around that. I, I think that's quite. Um, I, I think, think that's I quite find sad. Under
6: the same, you know, you've got to bring your new manager... I think if, that's going to be...
3: If you're going to bring Sorry, a I new think... manager in, Sean, if you're going to bring a manager in of his ilk, of, of any salt, you've got to give him the option to bring in some staff. People that he trusts. Oh, yes, yes, Stephen yes, Gerrard yes. has brought in seven, the eight staff around him that he trusts.
2: And that whole that whole story has been he doesn't built trust on i that... I'm
3: not saying any of that. I'm just saying the man deserves to bring in his own people. Oh, and the, I'm surprised and, and, and the Rangers success
2: tonight. And the Rangers' success story has been built on a team on the pitch and also a team but, off the pitch. But it's took them well. three years. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's took them three years to win
3: a title, Rangers. So, so, so should Ange get the same time? Well, I, Ange, Ange won't get three
4: years, John. I would be very surprised if Ange gets three years. No chance.
3: No, I don't no, think so. No,
4: I agree. I agree. No. I'm
3: just putting the question out there. Sean, good to have you on the show. Cheers, Sean. Right, thanks, guys. Come Come on, Sean. All Goodbye. the best.
1: The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com Don't miss out on huge savings on your new taxi available exclusively to the taxi trade Let's go, go,
2: go, 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 go! It's the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre on a Tuesday evening Rob McLean, John Hartson and Stephen and good to have Sean with us uh, before the break. Um, he's written off the season um, as far as Celtic are concerned. He wants to give Ange Postacoglu more time. That January transfer window is going to be crucial, isn't it? And uh, I guess, John, between now and then, it's all about Celtic hanging on in there. They're only six points off the pace at the moment. They just want to stay in touch stay and in get touch. and get that squad improved That's in January.
3: That's why the Aberdeen win was crucial. Big, big three points. Um, stay in touch you know they've got to win some big games on the road of course um, just to appease the supporters appease you know the people who've brought Ange in Um, he needs another window we all know where he needs to strengthen the club need to back him they brought him in they need to back him give him what he wants within reason you know give him a a decent sized budget make Celtic stronger and what we got another 15-20 games after Christmas so, very, very interesting there. Uh, to call it now, I thought Sean was a great caller, mm. but to almost write Celtic season off, it is a transition, but you've got to keep fighting, we've got to keep going.
2: Do Celtic have the best attacking combination, Stephen Cragan, in the league? There certainly seems a lot more fluency in it. You know, the
4: only really other one, you know, Rangers, naturally. Uh, Hibs with Martin Boyle and Kevin Nisbet, you know, i have got good fluency amongst them. Um... Hearts also with, with Lane mm-hmm. Boyce, you know. I know we were going to talk about him a little bit earlier on. Mm-hmm. You know, with uh, I know Gary mckay Steven hasn't been playing. Next like, Ben Woodburn, has been doing okay as well. You know, there's a good bit of connection with them. So mm-hmm. certainly, when you look at Jota, Abada, Turnbull, Rogic, and and uh, and Kyogo, yeah, but I were, think there's a better balance. When
2: you it. see what they did against Leverkusen, um, should have scored. Yeah, I mean, an inspired goalkeeping mm-hmm. performance that night. But uh, it was incredible that that Celtic didn't score. So against really top opposition, which was the case last last Thursday night, um, they're pretty dynamic, aren't they, up front? They are.
4: But the one thing they need to do or learn from is they need to score when they're on top. Mm -hmm. You know, they need to put those chances away and put the big teams under pressure in Europe or or when they went ahead against Betis, manage the game better. You know, there's just different little things when you play against top sides that things have to change. You know, whether you sit back a little bit or whether you, you know, take your chance when it comes along. Because it would have been interesting if Celtic had scored first or equalised at any stage against Leverkusen, how it would have affected their mindset and in the crowd and the vibe would have pushed them on. So that's
3: always been the key the key though, isn't it? For any side at any level. If you're on top and uh, you've got to score. You've got to take your chances. Yeah. And, and that's why the strikers cost the most money. The strikers will take less opportunities to score goals. And you know, and that's always been the way. You know, when you're on top. You look at the game against Rangers at the start of the season at Ibrox. If Edward scores, great finisher, mm-hmm. different, different tune to the game. And all of a sudden he doesn't take his chance. Rangers get a little bit of lift from that. Then they score and they hold on to their lead. It's these this, this little big moments in games make a huge difference. Your strikers, when you get opportunities, you have to put the team in front. It settles the whole team down. The midfield take a bit of they take a bit of confidence from it. Everybody all of a sudden wants the ball. Everybody's available when you go a goal up rather than go a goal down. You're know, you're chasing the game all of a sudden then. There's always been the way you've got to take your chances when they come.
2: James was gesturing to me through the window. That can mean one of two things. Um, uh, this time it means uh, we have John on the line uh, just to confuse things. Uh, John in the studio and John on the phone line as well. Hi, John. Hi, John.
7: Hi, guys. How we doing? All right?
2: Yeah, all right. very well. Yourself?
7: Good. good. Yeah, I was, guys, I was just um, on to talk about uh, Celtic. I was actually thinking about uh, Kyogo. Um, how important, in John's opinion, is he to the Celtic team?
3: Massive, John. He has to play. Um, There's a lot to put on him, but we were just talking off-air there. And Henrik Larsson played every single game. He didn't want to rest. If fit, he played. And Kyogo's the same. If fit, he has to play. His movement is terrific. He's in he's in fantastic goal scoring form. He's a really good finisher. A little bit unlucky last week. The Bayer Leverkusen goalkeeper made two unbelievable saves from him. Um, and he's massively important. And and now all of a sudden, Abad has become a big player. Jota has become a big player. So in terms of Celtic challenging and continuing to win. They've got to wrap Kyogo up in Cottonwood because he's the one. Because he's our only real potent threat. Nothing against Ayeti. I think we've all seen Ayeti. Um, you know, listen. I don't think he's he's hit the ground running this season. Whether he's good enough at this level, I'm not quite sure. He's had a numerous he's had numerous opportunities. He
4: should be good. He should be good enough for Scottish Premiership, John. If you cost five million pounds, you should be good enough to well, play he's the Scottish not, Premiership. No, I know, that's something
3: said that he should be. Yeah.
4: Quite clearly but saying he's John's
3: not... question is about Kyogo, and I think he's crucial, John. I think he's absolutely crucial in terms of getting us closer, st- staying in touch, and then obviously we've got another three league games against Rangers, it's Hearts, it's Hibs, it's these type of games you have to go and win as well. But the answer to your question, in my opinion, is absolutely huge. He's huge, he's, he's, mm. he's a he's our
2: he's best goal scorer. How excited are you, John, about Kyogo?
7: He's he's unbelievable. Yeah, um, he, he is a fantastic player. He, he likes to get on the end of things and um, the uh, good crosses. And you know, I thought David Turnbull's delivery um, for Kyogo's finish. You know, it was so well anticipated by Kyogo. I thought that's that's well. Um, you know, that's well thought out. But um, I, I've got a kind of another thinking about this Celtic team, and I was looking at Starfield. Um, what's your guys' opinion on, um, or what's John's opinion on Starfield? I thought for me, it just doesn't look as comfortable as what. You would hope, um, you know. It doesn't look comfortable on the ball. Uh, it does do the right things eventually, but um, it does leave it late. Um, what do you think, John? I think he's
3: thrown the ball sometimes, and I don't think he's good on the ball. That's what I've seen. I think I think Joe Hart sometimes throws him the ball. His touch at times looks a little bit heavy. He looks a bit. Um, he looks a little bit slack with his first touch. Um, and given time on the ball, he can pass it. But my dad could pass it given time on the ball. It's just when he's under any type of pressure, there's a little bit of panic station that kicks in with him. And I just think, I know the reason why he's playing every every single game because Ange just paid £4.5 million pounds for him. He's given him a rave review in terms of buying him from uh, Ruben Kazan playing in Russia. And he has to play every week. He has to justify signing him. And in my opinion, I think he needs to come out at times. He needs to come out. He's not really given Welsh. I think Welsh has done an awful lot wrong. I think Welsh has got some improvement to go in his game. But I think Stephen Welsh must be scratching his head thinking, well, I see Starfield making mistake after mistake after mistake. And I, I, I'm in the same situation. I'm sitting on a bench every week. And I just think Starfield at times for me could be brought out to the team and put Welsh alongside um, Carter Vickers. And see how that partnership goes. But he won't bring him out because he has to justify his signature. And he signed him. He brought yeah. him to the club. So he wants to keep going with him, hoping that his yeah. form will turn. Well, that's
2: but right. That's what happens when you make a big signing. Yeah. You you, know, you, 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 you could, that up. Yeah. What do you think? Our central defence correspondent, Stephen Craig.
4: Thanks, Rob. I appreciate that. Uh, what's also... I would like to see him play on the right just to see if he's any better. Because when he has in possession of the ball, He's always looking to his left. His right side's normally blocked off because of the way they sent centre-forward shape's up. He's always forced onto his left foot and he doesn't look overly comfortable. Then that's what I'm talking about whenever Montgomery goes inside. Jota has got to work ever so hard to come deeper down his line to try and drag the full-back out. That then gives him a passing option in behind. But because Jota stays high, Montgomery's inside he's got nowhere to pass the ball to. So he has to then turn out and go back to... I mean, it, it, it doesn't look the most comfortable in the ball either. And I know how that feels because I was quite similar myself. So when you're like that, you need options to pass. What he then does sometimes is tickle it into midfield. Plays a straight ball in the midfield, which means the opposition midfield players can really go on to Montgomery, can go on to McGregor, can go on to Beaton or Turnbull, whoever it may be, because they're facing their own goal. So he ends up playing hospital balls because he's nowhere else on or he goes back to Joe Hart, and then there's a bit of discomfort among the supporters who are unsettled because they want him to go and make passes. If he played on the right hand side, it's probably more natural for him to get out on his right foot and clip one down the channel or look for a better ball. So um, but certainly you know you're talking about value for money, Yet he doesn't look like a five million pound player. And certainly when you look at some young Scottish centre halves, uh, they're better than than uh, Starveld, and he's not a four and a half million pound player. But John's spot on, that's what happens when you're a manager and you spend that money. You have to justify it to the people sitting in the stand, the board members say, well, why do we pay money if you're gonna play Stephen Welsh and not him? It
3: it looks to me, John, that he's not comfortable receiving the ball like Craigs, I don't know what you think. You would have sent it off, you know. If 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 you're not the most comfortable, I'm not saying if you're not the most comfortable at on the ball, then surely you say to your you say to your goalkeeper and the manager, "I don't want it. Mm. I don't want to drop because I can't deal with it. I can't handle the ball." Then he's only going to put you in trouble. Every time but he the manager had... wants
4: him to play that way. That's the
3: problem. Wants he looks as if way. it's forced Absolutely. upon him, John. It Absolutely, looks on, I get that point. It well. looks
4: unnatural for him, and it also looks unnatural for Tony Ralston to be in midfield facing his own goal and a ball coming at him. And that's where the second goal came yep. against Leverkusen because yeah. he's no idea of his surroundings.
3: I think I think Carter Vickers looks a lot more comfortable on the ball. He does receiving Absolutely. it and he takes it on the back foot and his passing is crisp, very good. Mm-hmm. You know, under a bit of pressure as well. I think he copes with it a little bit better. um but well, what what do you think, John, what, about the two players there that we've questioned, Ayeti and and Starfelt? What what's your, what's your opinion?
7: You know, Ayeti a player that you know I'd love to see more movement off. Um, I thought when he came on, uh, he didn't. I don't think he affected the game that much. In in, in all honesty, mm-hmm. um, and his movement, I, I wish he would move a lot quicker um, than what he does at the moment. Uh, you know he's great in the six-yard area. It's great getting on the end of things, but um, we need more of that. We need more service into him. But equally, I think yeti needs to move a bit quicker. Um, with regards to Starfield uh, and kind of, yeah, I, I think he does look uh, sort of uncomfortable. But um, you know, I, I feel as though you know these players are they, uh, you know, they're paid they're paid well to 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 be comfortable. You know. Um, so I, I I'm not um, I'm not under any illusions that I think Starfield will hopefully come good, but um, I think as as Craig's pointed out, um, hospital passes are a yeah they are the kind of worst possible feeling for Celtic fans at the moment. I think uh, from Starfield, I think that's the kind of heart in the mouth kind of moment. Um, once once that is eradicated and it becomes more like Virgil Van Dyke, then. Um, We'll be will be okay, I think.
2: You, you spoke there about players being comfortable, John. You, are you uncomfortable watching Celtic defensively at the moment?
7: I think I really is Rob. I think I think that goes without saying. To yeah. be honest, Rob, it's, um, it's uh, so you funny. know uh, again again it's, it's a worry, but at the same time, equally, you know, obviously we can score goals, but I still think that um, we have to become more comfortable. Um, I think if Aberdeen pick off a couple of um, loose balls. Um, You know, they could have scored. In fact, they they had a couple of chances um, and they did score from a corner. So um, there's another kind of possible fragile part of the Celtic defence when it comes to set feces, which is always going to be there. But I feel as though, um, you know, it's it's a work in progress. uh, And I think it will take maybe one or two transfer windows to actually hopefully solve that um, it's like people say think.
3: people say John, Oh, we, we want him to do well we we want Starfeld to do well I feel a bit sorry for him you know Swedish international um, 4.5 he's had a bit of a tough time this is the highest level you're playing for Celtic football club you know you stand up you, you, you've got to show that you're worth that you, you're a top player otherwise go and join a, a first or a second division club if you're at that level you know people say oh hmm. we want him to do well we want a Yeti to do well you know but You've got to perform,
2: and you don't if, tend to get a bedding in, perform, bedding you, in process. But you're do playing you?
3: in front of sixty thousand people. Yeah. that expect to win in every week. Take your chances. Defend strongly. If you're not, if you're not big yeah. enough as a character and good enough as individually as a football player, you're at the wrong place. Surely Ange can see that. We need better defenders in January. We need better defenders to challenge. We can't keep shipping goals. In the fashion that we are, we won't win anything this way.
2: We had a Celtic fan, Sean, on about 20 minutes ago. Uh, John, um, he was writing off the season just because of the way things are. Uh, are you in that frame of mind or not?
7: Uh, I, n- not yet. Not yet. Um, I just, I, I think there's a. I, I think, I mean, to be honest, that was a great result against Aberdeen. I actually, you know, if it was a draw, you know, the alert, the alarm bells are going. Um, but, you know, thankfully, Ange made a sub. He brought on Tom Rogic. Uh, made a difference, Maggied. You know, made a difference. He was kind of part of the goal, part mm-hmm. of the build up for the second goal. And um, you know that that's good things. Um, but we need more of that. You know, we need to win the kind of ugly games. Uh, and I think getting that mentality back to Celtic that we did in the kind of seventeen season, sixteen seventeen season, is so important. Um, we, we need to ensure that that's um, maintained uh, because Celtic fans expect a lot. Um, and yeah uh, I mean I'm not writing it off but um, the mentality has to be right for Celtic Good to hear from you John Cheers John Cheers Thanks very much guys All the best Cheers, All the, best. Bye Cheers. Cheers.
1: the Go Radio Football Show with the taxicenter.com. Don't miss out on huge savings on your new taxi available exclusively to the taxi trade Let's Go, go, go.
2: So Scotland-Israel, 5 o'clock Saturday at Hamden. Um, it's going to be a full house. Nathan Patterson started for Rangers on Sunday, Stephen Craigan. Will he start for Scotland? Well,
4: there's debate whether he'll start for Scotland. I think there's also debate when he comes back after the Scotland trip, will he start for Rangers because he played very well. Of course, they play Hearts in their next league game. But it's interesting. Uh, I would say Nathan Patterson has to start. I just I just like his his attacking ability and what he brings going forward. Steve Clark in such a big game might be more pragmatic and think we'll start with Stephen O'Donnell we'll, we'll be more compact and see how it goes Stephen O'Donnell was excellent in Austria you can't take anything away from him Nathan Patterson hasn't played a lot of football since he played against Moldova at home he played 60-70 minutes against Livingston in the Cup and then played a full 90 minutes at the weekend so he'll be in fine fettle he'll be really looking forward to the game so that's his one main choice Steve Clark does he play Nathan Patterson or well there's two because it's a centre half one will Scott McTominay play centre half or will Jack Hendry play centre half that's the other one but I think as an attacking sense Nathan Patterson
2: You've got Wales and the Czech Republic on your mind John but it's a great prospect for Scotland isn't it and it's great yeah. to think there's going to be a full house for the Denmark game coming up immediately Saturday a full house at Hampden for Scotland against Israel what an atmosphere that's going to be
3: Yeah and they've earned the right they've earned the right to get the crowds back on the back of their last two performances in the in the campaign the qualifiers and they're in with the shout now aren't they, they they've got a real big sniff of it now um and the Scotland fans, there's nobody better when the team are going well. Major tournaments in terms of the Tartan army historically, you know, a fantastic history. Um, Travelling there. And they'll be desperate to get to the World Cup, you know. Um,
2: they don't want the Euros to be a one-off.
3: No, that's right. And uh, look, at the, I mentioned this last week when I was on Scotland. I've got some really good players now in the squad. I think you've got Premier League players, players. Um, you know, and and I just think defensively, you look good. You got a good goalkeeper, Nathan Patterson. We spoke about should he play for Scotland. I think he's got to play every week for Rangers. I think Steve Gerrard's got got a really a problem that he probably enjoys having, but he's playing so well. Every time he gets the opportunity, he, he goes forward. He can defend, and you know, having two great right backs. But at some stage, Nathan Patterson, at his age, he'd want to
2: play every week. What do you do with James Tavernier?
3: Again, I don't know. Um, you make a decision. I think you make a decision because can they play anywhere else? Can Tavernier or Patterson, yeah. can he not? Too, I think, I think r- it's too uncomfortable. Yeah, so you look at it and you think, Steven Gerrard's probably thinking, well, great, um, but at some stage, if, I, if I'm if i a player, a young player, I want to play, I want to play in the European games, I want to play in the cup games, I want to play in front of full houses, I want to be a part, I want to play 35 40 games a season I want to win lifting that trophy if Rangers go on and win the league again like they did last season and you know for me I'd want to play I'd want answers I don't want to sit on the bench I don't want to be brilliant one week and then leave me out what does that leave me as a player it's a short career I want to play every week I want to play as many games as I can
2: he played his part on Sunday, Nathan Patterson and his Rangers came back to beat Hibs uh, 2-1 and keep their place at the top of the Premiership going into the international break. It's an amazing top six uh, when you think about it and the excitement uh, will return in two weeks' time when it all resumes. Rangers on 19, Hearts on 18, Hibs 15, Motherwell 14, yes. Dundee United 14, <laughs> And Celtic on 13. Is there going to be serious competition for Rangers and Celtic this season, Craig's? from another team? Based on what we've watched in
4: the opening eight games, yes. And albeit Hibs are disappointed after what happened at the weekend uh, with Portis getting sent off. But they have to take so much heart from that opening 30 minutes. They went the the blocks and they were in control. Rangers were a little bit ragged. Rangers probably started better, Stephen Gerrard's right, then Hibs got the goal then Rangers lost away a little bit and Hibs were in complete control, didn't look under any kind of pressure really. So they've got to take a lot of heart from that, get into the cup semi-final, which is coming up uh, in November. But certainly league form, that's the standard they have to try and maintain. If they can get themselves to the next international break, still in that kind of same area, and hearts are the same, then you aim for Christmas. So you break it down into small bits. You don't look and think, can we still be in contention come April? That, that That's too far away to look. You've got to break it down to little blocks of games. And when you get rid of this international window, can you be in touch the next international window? Can you be in touch come Christmas? Can you be in touch after the winter break? You know, break it down into small parts, but they've certainly shown they've got good enough players. They're a good enough side, they've got a threat, they can score goals. They have deficiencies, of course they have, but normally when you're outside the old firm, the longer the season goes, there's more of a chance of slipping up. You know, when when you're dominating the game and you don't get the goal or you give away a sloppy goal, the old firm always seem to have players they can bring on to change the game, more options, more choices, more strength and depth. But certainly looking at Hearts, Hearts have probably got a good, more depth than what Hibs have at this moment in time. Hibs have got a few injuries. Hearts certainly look as if they have more depth to them, Rob, but the two, and Hearts go to uh, Ibrox, don't need first game back after the international break. I, I, so I would that'll love, be a test.
3: I would love one of these teams to, you know, to... To get second, I think you know, just in behind Celtic and then yeah, Celtic behind him. <laughs> <laughs> that
4: would
2: be absolutely brilliant. That's <laughs> one of your local teams <laughs> in Edinburgh. <laughs> do, 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 you, do you see that, John? No. Hibs and Hearts. Do you see, do you see that, John? I, I, I do. Could they be contenders? Yes,
3: absolutely. I think they've got good sides, good front men, uh, uh, two good managers. Um, you know, Robbie Nielsen, again. He's got all the Hearts fans behind him now. He's turned that around. <laughs> yeah. They've got good players. Difficult place to go. I've always said that, Tyne Castle. Difficult place to go. And they've started brilliantly. You know, Jack Ross as well. Jack Ross, very experienced now. We've been at St Mirren, won the championship, went yeah. down to Sunderland, had, had lots of experience, back up at Hibs. Mm. Um, so, for me, there's, a, there's a every possibility that could happen this season I'll with look, the
2: strength of the two Edinburgh clubs. I look, look at Hearts and I think the best goalkeeper in the league um, yeah. Craig Gordon probably yeah. Yeah. Um. Joe, you know Joe well, Hart's done well, Joe Alan, Hurston, well Alan, Alan McGregor Alan McGregor yeah maybe Alan McGregor That's at really Rangers true. would be a contender but in terms of the form he's produced playing every game making big saves they've got him at one end they've got Liam Boyce at the other Um. they've they've made some good signings Ben Ingemey in the midfield yeah. Barry Pete, McKay
4: has done okay Ben Woodburn, Woodburn. Yeah. you know is the attacking players it's suppose the bigger concern for Robbie Nielsen is that if anything happens to Liam Boyce you know, when you look at Rangers, for example, if Morelos goes, they can play Roof You know, if Kyogo goes, they've got a Yerry, a five million pound player. Albeit he's not, you know, setting the world of the light, but he's got goals in him. Whereas you look at Hearts, if they lose Boyce, do they have someone to go and replace that kind of quality? Hmm. You Gary McHae steven can play in the wide. So, if it's not working, they can change him with Ben Woodburn. You got Josh Janelli they can change with Barry McKay So they've got options in certain areas. But I just wonder, you know, that natural goal scorer who will get 15-20 goals of Liam Boyce and I'm not wishing Liam Boyce injured of course I'm not but I'm just saying if he has a little knock or he gets suspended or something goes wrong in, pre- Robin, in, previous,
3: seasons, in previous seasons you've would gone ah do you know what there's only 8 games gone but I just think already they, they've showed they've got strengths they've got strengths in depth Um, they're upsetting teams hard to beat Celtic at, you know at, mm-hmm. at the Tyne Castle um, Hibs Really force ranges into, into a good game at Ibrox yesterday. So you normally say, well, eight games got nah, nah. Over 36, over, you know, the, the rest of the season, 38, 38 games. Um, no, they'll come good. Selling it will win enough games over the Christmas period, the quality, blah, blah, blah. But I think this season, even after eight games, you're looking at the league table, you're thinking it could potentially happen.
2: Yeah. Uh, although squad is a big issue, and, and you make a good point about, about Liam Boyce about cover, uh, and that's probably that's hearts are looking towards that January transfer window as well for that very reason to get a bit more uh, backup. Involved, but it's—I mean—it's about believing, isn't it? Because you look at Hibs and the quality they have. If they can defend properly, and yeah, they would look at the goals they conceded against Rangers at the weekend and, and be critical of themselves Um going forward. They've got they've got real strike power with, with Nisbet and Boyle. But do they believe? Can it's, they it's believe that it's possible? It's
3: confidence. It's 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 momentum. It's how the group are feeling. In that trip, what their manager is. Is their manager saying, hey, keep your feet on the ground? Or can their manager say, this season's our year, by the way? We are that good. This season, we can finish second. We can split Celtic and Rangers up if we keep going. But they're going to have to come to Celtic Park and win. They're going to have to win. They're going to have to beat Celtic and Rangers at periods of the season. They have to beat Aberdeen, beat Dundee United, Motherwell, beat, like, like Hearts did at the weekend, beat Motherwell three relatively easy. Um, so for me it's a case of they've got to believe and they've got to have that confidence to say we can do it within this group because otherwise coming to Celtic Park and thinking oh, how, how on earth can we in the past yeah. p- players are beat before they even go into Ibrox they beat before they take to the pitch
2: it, it's they've all- got to have that confidence within the group it's also about big match mentality, isn't good. it? Yeah. And making the right decisions in games, which takes us right back, back to where to, we started on the Ram show, which, exactly. was, which was a, a decision. Well, they gave the, the referee a decision yeah. and it was a red card and it was the end of the game, effectively, yeah. for well, Hibbs, who were one up at the yeah, time.
4: Well, they had to readjust. Uh, and, and Hearts have beaten Celtic at Tancaster. We've saw that. They go to Rangers next, so they're in good form. They're probably in better form and a better position now with regard squad-wise and mentality than they were against Celtic. So, uh, let's be honest, they played Celtic in, in, in the Premier Sports Cup and, and Celtic absolutely ran all over the top of them. So, mm-hmm. they have to learn from that, but they, you're right, they have to go to the big occasions and they have to take part. They can't go there and hope not they could beat. They've got to go and expect the win. Um, but again, I think it's important not to look too far ahead. I think it's you know John's point of saying, you can't split the whole firm. I think that puts fear and pressure on the players sometimes. Mm-hmm. Players are not used to competing at that kind of level so maybe you better just breaking it down the game by game in smaller bits and winning games and keeping it compact and focusing on what's ahead as opposed to looking too far ahead But and again another statement about see when you get players feet off the ground and they're feeling good there's always this theory get their feet back in the ground why? you work <laughs> ever so hard to get them off the ground and feel good so allow them to keep going forward allow them to keep flying forward and moving forward but yeah, you'll need big players. Hibs will need Boyle to step up. They'll need Nisbet got get his goal at the weekend, which will do him a world of good. Hasn't scored anywhere in a year as many goals at this time of the season as what he did last season. So being will be in fine form going away with Scotland. Martin Boyle's been scoring goals. They missed Deutsch, no doubt about that. That's another mm-hmm. one. You know, if Nisbet gets injured or Boyle gets injured, do they have like for like? Probably not. So this is where it's a little bit concerning. Boyce, Mackay, Stephen, Ben Woodburn, Josh Gianelli, um, Barry Mackay. Got good players going forward. They can hurt teams. So if they can bring that to the party, Rob, then absolutely we have two teams who can compete.
2: Could be a really exciting uh, Premiership to unfold in front of us. Of course, unfolding immediately, or not quite immediately, but at the end of the week is Scotland against Israel at Hamden And going into the international break, it's all very tight at the top. Celtics late goal at Dodri, keeping them within six points of Rangers at the top of the table. John, thank you very much thank indeed. You. Thanks to Crags as well. We are back uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Barry Ferguson and Davy Proven are with Paul and it's Live at Five.
1: The Go Radio football show with thetaxicenter.com. Don't miss out on huge savings on your new taxi. Available exclusively to the taxi trade. Let's go. go!
0: they even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? taxicenter.com. Trade only.